Let's get down to business. Listen to what I'm telling you. Hey, you, get over here. What if you didn't have to work any harder? Huh? What if you didn't have to take on any additional risk? Okay? What if you didn't have to change your cash flows? All right? And what if you could get the money back? Okay? Let's get down to business. Hello and welcome to the Durham Talents Channel. My name is Jesse Durham. For today's episode, we're going to be discussing business. We're going to be discussing banking. And we're going to be discussing the implementation of the infinite banking concept into a business. Why you would do that, how you would do that, and what difference it is going to make. Let's first start out by taking a look at the business of banking itself. And just think about your town where you're from. Aren't banks, and you've heard me say this perhaps many times, but aren't banks the nicest buildings in the nicest parts of town with the best kept grounds? Okay, who is capitalizing that business? And just, are they doing well? It would seem so. It would seem that the banks are doing well. So we must recognize, just like all the other businesses in any given town, that banking itself is a business and that when there is a successful branch here, there's going to be another successful branch there. And there are many branches of all these different banks and credit unions and such. So banking itself is a business. And when we understand that banks are owned by someone, that someone receives dividends, the profits from that business. And when you also consider who's funding that business, aren't we the ones making deposits into those banks and then they're taking our money and lending it out and doing so in multiples and earning for, again, the owners of that bank or that system of banks, those dividends, those profits. So food for thought, let's consider that banks are a business in and of themselves and that, in fact, they earn anywhere from 400 to as high as 1300 percent. Okay, so that's four to 13 times every dollar that we're leaving in these commercial banks. Our deposits to a bank are a liability because they have said that they would pay whatever amount of interest they said they're going to pay. And I understand that it's dismally small and really once you consider that you're even taxed on what you do earn in interest there. That's a big factor. But be that as it may, our deposits to a bank are a liability, whereas the loans that they make out, the home refinances, the mortgages, the car loans, the private loans, the debt consolidations, the refinances, all the loans that are made out for our boats and motorcycles and our lifestyles, those are earning interest, dividends, profits for the owners of that bank. And we're the ones that have provided the capital via our deposits to make a flourishing business for the bankers. Okay, so look up what banks are, learn more about them. I would say the best resource perhaps is uh, Robert Murphy. And Carlos Lara's book with R. Nelson Nash on how privatized banking really works. It's a great book. I highly encourage you to read that. 
Now, if you're wanting to look at a bank's portfolio, again, just to garner more information, if those are great looking buildings and successful and profit, let's look at what it is that they're doing. Banks own more whole life insurance in their portfolios than land and buildings combined. Just to give you a relative example, there's a term, Boley, bank-owned life insurance, that I would encourage you to look up if you want to know more about what banks are doing. Banks own more whole life insurance than anybody else. So again, if that's a clue, and I believe that it is, perhaps they're not stupid, perhaps they're being wise in what they're doing in procuring assets in the portfolio of the bank, perhaps it's worth evaluating why it would be the case that banks are buying whole life insurance. And I believe that history does provide us examples, and many of those examples are in fact going to be business owners, and we've discussed those on the channel. Quickly, I would suggest that you look into Walt Disney and how he got Disneyland started by accessing capital from whole life policies that he owned because the conventional lending system wasn't on board with his plan for this family-friendly, clean idea and concept of a theme park, a family theme park. Miss Christopher that started Pampered Chef that was eventually bought by Berkshire Hathaway, Warren Buffett's company was started from a policy loan. Ray Kroc bought McDonald's from cash values and policy loans. So there are many examples in history of business owners, even when they had their backs against the wall when it came to trying to procure conventional financing for the things that they were wanting to do and being unable to do so, found that they had contractual rights to capital by owning whole life policies by having paid premiums into a, a private asset, appreciating asset, that they could leverage without putting up any more collateral other than that asset itself, which is a beautiful thing. And I don't want to bypass that, perhaps. So the idea that a properly structured whole life policy with a mutual company that pays dividends is a private entity a private asset, appreciating asset, wherein we can access capital. We can get to our money. We can leverage that asset because of the future guaranteed death benefit that is going to be the collateral. So we can access the net present day value of that future death benefit, the cash values, via a policy loan from the company. So while our premiums are continuing to compound, we've still had guaranteed access to money from the insurance company because of this privately owned, perfectly collateralized, appreciating asset. And we can use those monies for whatever it is that we have in mind to do. The next Disneyland, the next McDonald's chain, the next direct selling company that Warren Buffett wants to buy or, or other examples. So banking is a business. Banks are doing something very pointedly, very particular in procuring whole life insurance and adding that into their portfolio more than anybody else. 
We have all these business examples throughout history. So furthermore, if I haven't mentioned it already, you can look up Boley, bank-owned life insurance, if you want to do your own studying about banks buying whole life insurance. I encourage you to look up Boley, bank-owned life insurance. And let's just ultimately realize that without banking, all other business comes to a halt. It stops. Now think about it. All these different examples even that I've already mentioned about mortgages and about businesses. See, think about where our deposits are currently going. Think about how we're currently financing things. Think about that from your business perspective. Now, if you're just running a household and pursuing a career, these principles still apply. The concepts are still applicable in your situation. But I am trying to particularly point out to business owners that bankers are making a good living off of our businesses. Because when we earn, we're depositing where? In someone else's bank, in someone else's business. Furthermore, either in our business, we are using the bank's money on their terms and conditions, subjecting ourselves to their scrutiny of two years of financials and <laughs> promising a kidney and our firstborn or whatever else that, that that entails. And we're beholden to them to operate our business we're beholden to the bankers accommodating us. Or we're running a cash system where we're setting aside from our cash flows in our business capital. And we're putting that somewhere. And there are a lot of questions that I would have about where we're putting that. Is it at risk? Is it earning compound interest? There are so many different variables to consider. Is it protected against litigation? So many different factors to consider there, but we put capital aside somewhere and it's probably being stagnant. Maybe it's assuming risk and these other things, but we accumulate that until we have enough to liquidate that supply of money to go out and buy whatever it is we needed to buy or pay for whatever it is that we needed to pay for. Those are the two ways that financing is taking place in business conventionally. Well, the third is to become your own banker. And that's what I'm here to promote is the idea that you can become your own banker, that you in your business could consider where to put your deposits. Could you put those deposits instead of the local commercial bank into a private asset that you own and control that has a guaranteed compounding future growth on Listen to this on weekends, on holidays, during shutdowns. Pan See, if today, if today by owning a properly structured whole policy with a mutual company, you have a cash value. And if that policy is enforced, it does have a cash value contractually. And in the future, there is a much larger guaranteed death benefit. Well, between now and then. That number inherently, contractually, legally, is just going to go up. So by changing where our premiums are going and those 
should be viewed as deposits in this scenario of you becoming your own banker. You buy and own a private asset and your premium dollars are the deposits to your banking system that you own and control. Guaranteed future growth, lots of, lots of other characteristics that make this the ideal asset. But you can leverage the cash value, the present day cash value of that policy to buy business equipment to help with payroll like JCPenney did during the Great Depression. Incredible. To cover your overhead, tax it, so many different scenarios as a business owner. So being able to access your capital, not locking it away somewhere, not advocating the banking function to someone else, not assuming any more risk, not changing your current cash flows, whatever they may be, not doing anything stupid, buying a private asset that you own and control, where you can make your deposits, where you can make loans to yourself, where you can recapture principal back into whose system? Your system interest that had formerly been going to a conventional banking system now goes into yours any profits that you experience so you now have a warehouse of wealth as r nelson nash would call it you have a warehouse of wealth wherein to amass your capital compound it but still access it as well and you can grow and scale that system, no question. Just like we mentioned earlier about the conventional banks have multiple branches in different places. We can do the same. In my own experience, I got my first policy in 2016. Over the past seven years, my wife and I have procured a total of six policies currently. So over the course of time, as we did business and took family vacations and paid off debts and different things that we were going to do anyway, we built up a system of properly structured whole life policies with mutual companies that pay dividends, wherein we could change the direction and the location of our deposits, control the banking function, the coming and going of our capital, the coming and going of our money, making deposits, making loans, repayments, paying the interest back, but to our privatized banking system. And then growing that and scaling that and growing that and scaling that over the past seven years. So in speaking to the business owners about recognizing that banking is a business, recognizing that you are in business, whose business are you most interested in building and growing and scaling and becoming profitable? If it's yours, consider where your deposits are going. Consider how much interest dollars are being paid out on an annual basis from your business. Those are dollars that will never be able to come back to you to help you with your payroll, your business equipment, your overhead, your taxes, your growth and scale, your ambitions for buying out a competitor or acquiring more footprint for yourself. Whatever the case may be, you know your business, but consider who else's business is benefiting really most because of your business from your efforts. I mean, when you drive by the banks, how well are the banks doing off of your business? And how much more of that would you like to keep in your business instead of it going to the bank? Food for thought. I have conversations with clients and friends often enough and 
sometimes the concept of margin will come up and, you know, depending on what industry we're talking about, there's a set expectation for a margin of profit and talk about margin of profit. I mean, when the banks are making 400% to 1300% off of every dollar that we deposit there, what if you could be the one that was earning the compound growth off of your deposits? So as a business owner, there are a couple of ways to earn income. I, I know just from having regular conversations with folks that are running their businesses, they're busy. Sometimes they're hard to get on the phone because if they have downtime when they're really not laying hands to the task at hand, then they're having to run run you know, the backside of their, their business. They're doing their bookkeeping and they're showing up at new prospects places to be able to give them quotes and all these different things. So they're so in the business, they're working in the business that they can't work on the business. Okay. So follow what I'm saying here. For those of you that are obviously investing uh, in your time, being open-minded, trying to learn and grow, I, I commend you. If you could detach and, and take a step back and realize what your day looks like, for example, and see, well, how much time am I spending from beginning to end, from meeting a new friend and client all the way to getting a job done for them, collecting our compensation, you know, maybe getting a refer, everything in between right there. How much of that do you personally have to lay hands on? All of it, some of it, part of it, okay? But just recognize that the amount of time that's spent in this space means that you can't be working at a new dimension, at a, at a new level on the business. So if you're working in the business, that's great. And, and again, Michelangelo should have been working in his line of business, not, not necessarily just focusing on, on his business, right? Mozart, Beethoven, they're folks that they're, they're just seemingly made to do something, and they excel at that thing. And I personally believe we all have gifts to do something individual. But I also recognize at the same time that as business owners, we need to see that there are two ways to earn in our business for our business. And one is to have people at work. Now, maybe you work for yourself. You're the most important person in your business. Okay. Maybe you have others that work for your business. That's great. But just recognize that's one way to earn is by people being at work. Well, the other way to earn in your business is by money being at work. So if those are the two ways to earn, here's my question, business owner. No doubt you're a hard worker. You're honest. Quality matters to you. Timeliness matters. Great. Great. No doubt. No question. But consider how much more profitable you could be, how many more people you could service and aid and help and provide a product or a service for, how many more people you could impact, how much better you could do for your own home, for your own future goals and ambitions, if you also didn't just put people, including yourself, to work in the business, but also you put your dollars to work in the business. And I'm not talking about investing. I'm talking about Acknowledging the banking function, maintaining control over the banking function, and getting your dollars to compound work for you. That way, while you're at work in the business, on the business, both, 
your money is at work for you, compounding day over day. And again, just for the business owners out there, there aren't business hours for dollars that are compounding. The weekends, the holidays, they just keep going. Okay, We're in the summertime right now and plenty of folks are, are wanting to take off and take the family here and, and do these activities and recreation over here. And I love it. It's great for us. We're doing a lot of different things because of what season we're in. We're gardening and just all kinds of things. Staying super, super busy. But it's a beautiful thing to know that during that time, the premium dollars that Lauren and I paid, my wife and I paid seven years ago, they are still at work today. Because over the past seven years, we've accessed capital because of those premiums from back then that are still compounding to this day and will continue to compound into the future uninterrupted, uninterrupted. While we've been doing whatever it is we have been doing, gardening or taking vacation or running business or homeschooling or whatever it is that we happen to be doing. I know we all lead busy lives. So that's a beautiful way to be able to increase your profits exponentially because the moment that you begin banking for yourself you've entered a new industry you've entered a new space where prior you were not earning anything the banks were living high on the hog as we would say here where i'm from off of our deposits whereas now it's we who stand the opportunity to earn off of our deposits and compound our dollars into the future So some important questions that are coming to mind as I was preparing and even now as I'm talking about this subject of privatized banking for business owners is where do you, business owner, where do you want your capital to reside? I mean, do you or do you not want your money to have a destination that you own and control? Because it can be that way or it cannot be that way. Do you or do you not want your money to perform multiple tasks? Because, see, anybody can go out and earn an income and then spend that on something. And something necessary. I'm not talking about frivolous spending either, okay? But I'm talking about that money comes to you, then that money goes, never to return. But what if you could get that back and then have that same money perform another task, a second task? for your business? What if it could do a third or a fourth and so on? See, this is the infinite banking concept. (laughs) So what if you could get your dollars to perform task after task because you're recycling and recapturing dollars in your business? Another question is, who do you want to be in control of the terms and the conditions and the qualifications For financing, whatever it is that you're going to be financing as a business, who do you want to be in control of those conditions and terms? Who would you rather be held accountable to or be beholden to? See, I promote the idea that you can become your own banker. So you're the banker for your business. You're the owner of your business. You're running your business. You're building your business. But you're also the banker of your business. So you can perform both of those roles, not be beholden to someone else's third-party scrutiny. Obviously, you know your business best. What if you could become your own banker and be in control of the financing for your business? 
And I mean, how much would that help you to be able to expand your business, to be able to grow and develop your business? How much more profitable would that allow you to be? And really, if you start to compare yourself against others that are in the same space as you, if you're in your line of business and you perform equally with someone else that's in the same line of business. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe there's enough abundance for many people to do many things. Okay, but I'm also saying that there are certain natural laws that we confront as our own bankers. And if you're over here recapturing interest dollars that another business owner is still spending out, who's going to be more profitable? Who's going to be here longer term? Okay, who's going to be able to expand their footprint, their footprint? (laughs) That's going to be a funny blooper. Who's going to be able to expand their footprint quicker? The one that's bleeding out interest dollars or the one that's recapturing principal and profit and interest back into their own privatized banking system? Who's going to do better? So there's no question that you could beat out the competition. And really, if you're interested in being a business owner, and I don't know how long you've been in business. Maybe this is your first year of business. Maybe this is your 50th year. I don't know. But whatever your interest is in being a business owner, and no doubt there could be many reasons why folks choose business, and I love it. I'm about it. This land of America, it's a land of opportunity, no question. It's amazing what we can do here. But let's also recognize that most businesses fail in their first year. And then those that make that initial cut, the vast majority fail in the next subsequent four years. So most, the first five years, they also fail, okay? And then there's another cut. Well, let me ask this. Can a business be too capitalized? Can a business have too much money? Can a business have too much access to funds? I think not. So maybe that's one of the highest, if not the the, the highest reason for businesses to fail is because they run out of money. Again, we've already talked about some real-life historical examples of, you know, Disney and Others who couldn't get the conventional financing, but because they privately owned these types of contracts, these whole life policies, they were able to access capital. So it's worth noting and asking these types of questions. And it would be a whole separate conversation or or podcast for me to cover all of the options that looking beyond oneself like having policies on oneself for the opportunities that there are for a business owner who has, you know, key employees, business partners, etc. Having others that you have an insurable interest in that you could procure policies on. So you could be the owner of a policy on a key employee or a business partner, perhaps. And there does have to be insurable interest. But if that's the case... What a position that puts someone in to offer loyalty incentives to to oncoming personnel where you could have a plan of instead of contributing to government qualified programs, you privately own an asset that will allow you to build up cash value for bonuses for, I mean, any again, It's the infinite banking concept, so there are so many things that could take place here, but you could own a policy on, let's say, a key employee or a business partner or someone you have insurable interest in as a business owner, and you have access to cash values because you've been funding a policy that you own on this person, 
And it does, it does create an incentive of loyalty because if you contract with them for bonuses or what have you, Christmas bonus, anniversary, you know, they're with you for a year, five years, 10 years, there'll be this bonus that they can expect and anticipate. Then there, there could be some built in loyalty right there. But also if that person does leave, if, if, if they need to leave for whatever reason, then you still own the policy on that individual. And when they graduate this life, you or your beneficiaries are going to receive that death benefit. So there would be a tax-free windfall of money by you owning that policy. So again, the death benefit, it's there. It's a whole life policy, but also there are so many living benefits that as a business owner, owning policies, not even just on yourself, but perhaps on others that you have insurable interest in, it just sets your business up at a completely different level because of the access to capital, being able to avoid uh, unnecessary taxes, being able to compound your business revenues. I mean, there are just so many options out there for the business owners to consider. So I hope that this discussion on banking and business and the infinite banking concept has been helpful, and I hope that it just propels you to consider reading R. Nelson Nash's book, Becoming Your Own Banker, reading the book, How Privatized Banking Really Works by Carlos Lara, Robert Murphy, and R. Nelson Nash, and to dive in more on this channel. And if you'd like to have a specific conversation about how to implement the infinite banking concept into your business or your household or your investing, then you could reach us at 828-817-4223. You can email durhamtalents at gmail.com. If you've got a question you'd like to put in the comments section, I look forward to seeing that. And I do also look forward to our next conversation. Have a great day. Take care. Who's going to be able to expand their footprint, their footprint, that's going to be a funny blooper. Just think about it. If every... <laughs> Banking is business and business is good. All right, let's get down to business here. Let's get down to business. Listen to what I'm telling you. Hey, you, get over here. What if you didn't have to work any harder? Huh? What if you didn't have to take on any additional risk? Okay? What if you didn't have to change your cash flows? Alright? And what if you could get the money back? Okay? Let's get down to business.